0: So many people will step into their uh, health and fitness practice and their nutrition practice, and they treat it like a marketing launch. When the reality is, this is your business plan for life.
1: What's shaking, welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. Hey, when you get a chance, Right now, 10 minutes, whatever. You're gonna love everything you're gonna to hear today. I know that because you know the guests that come on. Share this with at least three people today. We don't promote, we don't advertise, we don't take sponsors. The only way that we can help more people is with your help by sharing this out. So do that to at least three people today. Just send them this episode. You're gonna to want to because today I have a health and performance coach on my show who is also the podcast host of Live Great Lifestyle, Luke Dupron, welcome buddy.
0: Hey, man, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, share some info.
1: Yeah, man. I just got to say, you know, if if you're not watching this on YouTube right now, you got to check out Luke's hair. (laughs) Because it's impressive. Oh, my God. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. (laughs) Is that like a, uh, cause I mean, I, I get compliments all the time. It's like, dude, this guy's got great hair and all these things, but I'm seeing yours. I'm like, oh my God.
0: You know, I always had a shaved head until I was like, I think 25 years old from the time I was 16 to 25. I was just buzzed my head and finally grew hair and thought, all right, I better do something with this. <laughs> That's a I, I finally decided to grow my hair. Yeah. Right. Everybody's going the other way. And Is I thought, all right, of let's performance th- coaching yourself. Um, right. Yeah. And decide, man, you actually got decent hair. You should use it instead of just shaving it all off.
1: Yeah. No kidding. I know you performance coach a lot of other people. I just got off an episode a little bit ago. We were talking about, you know, the struggles that you have within yourself, you know, and that's probably a key though, right? Is performance coaching yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, so the, the majority of work I do is within um, weight loss. I mean, that's the majority of what people start with and obviously expands from there. Um, I personally haven't had a massive weight loss struggle, but all the tools as far as the daily habits and the things that we have to do to achieve, you know, increase our health, increase our wellness. It's all the same across the board. So, you know, I actually truly have to practice what I preach and um, what I do.
1: That's cool, man. I've never personally been on like any kind of structured program from a coach. I actually just hired someone like, like yourself, a health coach. Nice. Good for you, man. I have a weight loss story of 80 pounds that I dropped years ago.
0: Oh, good for you. Well done.
1: Thank you. That was the stupid way that I did it. It was just huge deficit, and that's it. Probably killed my gallbladder in the process, which almost killed me. <laughs> yeah, but well, th- I've told that story enough. The uh, The stuff that I'm on right now, the way that I've maintained where I'm at, because I'm relating that to what you're saying right now, like you haven't had a huge weight loss story, but all the tools are identical to maintaining and and sculpting your body the way that you want to, you know, and I've recognized, you know, because it's like I've never had a six pack, you know, I've never really cared about it. And the new performance coach that I brought on board, it's like, we're going to get you to one in four months. And and I'm like, that's (laughs) it. He's like, yeah. He's like, you've already got the basics in place and you've been in this mode for so long. You have the rhythms, you have the good habits. There's nothing to really break. I just need to give you the knowledge now that you need in order to take it to
0: the next level. Yeah. It's about pulling the right levers. And again, you've, you, I mean, again, congratulations, losing 80 pounds is, I mean, you want to talk transformational. I know you mentioned you didn't maybe do it the smartest way, but the fact is you've, you've kept it off. So that's the important piece. Um, the, the long-term sustainability of that, but that's the work. I mean, to do that piece, now you're into the, the tinkering phase where you get to pull <laughs> some strategic levers and you're probably doing it mentally from an incredibly different uh, mindset. You know, when, working with, and I have worked with people who have, you know, have, have, are 80 pounds overweight. Yeah. Again, if you can reflect back to that Rick and, and stepping into those changes, man, it was probably from a mentally, a very different place where now it's from a place of, you know, challenge performance there. It probably wasn't. So um, two different, two different coins there for sure.
1: It very much is. Yeah. And I always look back and it's like, even though I didn't necessarily do it the right way, uh, well, not necessarily, it's that I did not do it the right way. Right? <laughs> I still achieved the outcome that I was looking for, but not in a very healthy way. and. When I look back though it's still I don't have any regrets as far as putting in the work but I also mm-hmm. look back and be like man I'm glad I already did the work because there was yeah. a lot of effort man it was a year and a half process put into that yeah. you know and I gave myself little things along the way and I want to hear your take on this too you know little rewards for myself I remember when I started it was like the for 30 days it's like I'm going to go so strict and as long as I <laughs> meet my calorie count every day, I mean, I was tracking everything, dude. You know, and I've mm-hmm. heard people that say, you know, don't track your calories, you know, anything like that. But it's like that you have to, you have to know what you're putting in your mouth from what I understand anyways.
0: So there's, it's, it's interesting. This is, you know, as a coach where there is a little um, psychology involved and yeah. figuring out what, what's going to work for an individual. So if you brought, if I was in your shoes and you brought a very strict, anything with math, Counting calories, I struggle. I just, I'm not a numbers guy personally, um, but a lot of the entrepreneurial guys I work with, they're highly analytical. And it's like, oh man, lean into that if that's you. So, you know, the fact that you were able to ride that line and go super strict, but then ex- the, the the key piece is extended into a lifestyle is really impressive because this is honestly one of the biggest mistakes I see people make, particularly, again, in the entrepreneurial crowd, the business owners, is they go super hard and they're going to do like a 30 days. And it's like, how many different 30 days can someone do? Yeah, They're dude, always yeah. starting and stopping. So again, you transcended it into something else. So again, kudos to you. Um, and part of this is, you know, knowing your personality that, hey, all right, you know what, I'm going to buckle down. I can buckle down. That's how I work best. And then leaning into that, if that's you, if you're analytic, track the hell out. of it. If you want to get a digital scale and weigh it, weigh your food. If that's you, do it. But you better have the tools and the skills to navigate life when that's not available to you. Because the reality is for most people, that's not long-term because a business dinner is going to come up a business trip and you're yeah, not going right to bust.
1: Your out. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that perspective. My first 30 days wasn't like, I'm going to try it for 30 days and then stop and, you know, or, or see where I go. The 30 days was, I want to keep it super strict because at the end of the 30 days, I'm like, when I get to the end of the 30 days, I'm going to like Fogo de Chao, which I did. And I am eating all the meats and all the potatoes that I want on that 31st day. You know, so it was like a little reward for myself. But then it became, I did go there, you know, and I didn't vomit either. You know, that was good. But then (laughs) what I noticed throughout the process is that I started craving these other things less because I was a big sweets eater, man. And it wasn't like a... It wasn't uh, like eating for depression or, you know, stress eating or anything like that. It's just like a pattern that I fell into mm-hmm. and I saw my body that way. So now even to today this maintenance that you're talking about for me, I know that if I consistently work out, which I do, 3 to 4 times yep. a week, that's it, right? Yep. It's you not got horrible. It, man. I know. You don't have to work out every day like freaking Dwayne Johnson, right? It's just got to be consistent. You want to look like the rock, but most people don't. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like who who really, some people want a six pack and for entrepreneurs, you train mostly entrepreneurs, right? And and coach, mostly entrepreneurs.
0: They probably go hard. Like you're saying, like bring me all the way. Right. And honestly, that's, that's part of the piece I have to almost walk guys back from, because again, this, this is what I equate it to. So many people, and this goes beyond um, the entrepreneurs and the business owners, but this is the analogy. So many people will step into their uh, health and fitness practice and their nutrition practice, and they treat it like a marketing launch. When the reality is, this is your business plan for life. And there's a very big difference. Again, that There's many people like you who would take that um, really intense 30 days, and then they fall right off. And then... Three months down the road, they're they're back on it again. When the reality is, you know, uh, if you took those same thirty workouts and you stretched them over the, crop, the over uh, the period of two to three months, now you're actually working out just three to four to- three times a week. Now you've done it for three months. Now you have some long term sustainability and you have yeah. some flexibility for when life happens. Because you know, um, I was listening to your show. I, I if I understand correctly, you have an IPO coming up, correct? Yep. yep life's probably going to get a little busy and hectic. Dude, I and feel like my ass it, is on fire. <laughs> there you go, right? So if you're in the midst of, again, a, uh, a fitness challenge where you're treating it like a marketing launch, that may not be possible during an IPO. But if you have the strategy of, say, again, the business plan, these three to four workouts, nutritional principles that are just kind of foundational and, hey, you just sound like a California hippie, but ways of being, it's going to carry you through all of the stress and the challenges that you're going to come across, whether it's, you know, your kid gets sick, somebody's in the hospital, the IPO is happening. It really shouldn't change a lot of what you do yeah. if what you do is sustainable.
1: Yeah, for sure. I started to get one of the things for me is I I wanted to go to the gym like most people do as well. And I started figuring out that that was a barrier for me. Well, first I made some other mistakes. Yep. And I appreciate you taking this flow of the show too, because I'm giving you my mistakes. And then you're being like, well, this is what I do with my clients. And this is the right way. <laughs> so Rick, you sucked, you know? I like that. <laughs> No, no, hey, you're <laughs> what, I'm joking, You're what, you nailed it, man. Yeah.
0: You got it. You're on your path and you've had the, the success. You've nailed it, man. So keep doing what you're doing.
1: The exercise was another mistake that I made at the beginning too, because I was going every single day. I'm like, I'm going to drop this as fast as I freaking can. Yeah, and yeah. when I did that, especially being able 80 pounds above, I started feeling like some body problems. At first it was like the couch to 5K and my knees were hurting like a mother, right? I'm like, I can't do this because I'm carrying this extra weight. Then it became, okay, I'm gonna ride a bike and I'm gonna lift and do all these things seven days a week, right? And then it became like inflamed cartilage in (laughs) between my ribs and which inflamed my lungs for pleurisy, like the lining between my ribs and my lungs. And I had to go to the hospital because I felt like I was having a freaking heart attack because of the the pressure from the, from the nerves and everything. And they're like, no, you're okay. You know? And here I was like only 33 years old when I was doing this. I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know? And, and, When I go, they're like, no, you're just really, really inflamed. You probably should take it a little bit easier. They gave me a shot of toradol, took down the inflammation. I'm like, oh, thank God, I feel great now. You know, but then I'm like, okay. From that point on, it was just nutrition is what I did. I didn't do any exercise to to drop it, but then I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I just understand simple math. That's the route that I'm going to go.
0: Yeah, there's, again, this is the, the smarter, not harder. And uh, again, the, the entrepreneurs, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with where, you know, when we start out, I'll say, all right, so realistically with your schedule, like unique to you yeah. and what's going on in your life, how many days can you dedicate to exercise? And I can't tell you how many, how many people have been like, oh, I, seven. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I go, oh, that's great. And I'm like, well, tell me the last time you tried to work out seven days a week, how did that work out for you? And of course, you know, all these people fell off of that that plan because it, it wasn't sustainable. And again, to, to your point, there might actually be some um, counter productivity at that point. So again, there is a smarter, not harder. It's something I do have to maybe at times pull, pull people back from because uh, if you have, again, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, there's a chance you have, a, high, a very high chance, you have that ability to go and grind, which is yeah. an amazing asset. And there's probably different times to leverage it. But to the point of, you know, the situation you're in where it's now detrimental versus like, hey, we're stepping into positive outcomes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, dude, yeah. And then when you get to this point too, even encouraging, it's like, this is why I'm glad that I did put in the work years ago too, because I don't ever have to go back to that work. I will never go to that place in my life again. You know, even putting on some, some weight if I do that, which I've discovered that it's like, you know what, if I eat too much sugar and I also combine that with not working out for a week, then I'll gain a couple of pounds. You know, But then Mm -hmm. the next week, if I'm right back into my rhythms without eating sugar every single day, like processed, I'm talking sweets, and I'm back to my consistent three to four workouts, everything else kind of falls in line, man. You know, and it's crazy because I can enjoy the burger when I want to. I can have pizza when I want to because the the healthy habits are built around that to enjoy those things in moderation.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I I think uh, I made a joke the other day. It's like, you know, on Instagram, I need to start putting up, only pictures or stories of all the, the, the BS that I eat. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's, you know, the, the, the majority, the majority of what I put up is, you know, healthy, like trying to prove that like, Hey, you can have healthy yeah. tasting meals that are, I'm sorry, healthy meals that taste amazing. And, and, you know, bringing that awareness that like, man, great, good food can taste great. But also what I probably should showcase is once you get to a place and you've done the work and again, the weights come down because that will be its own separate, you know, uh, level of intention and intensity that is a little bit more than, than, you know, what can be maintenance it's like you can fit in most things sometimes the problems is the problem is most people eat moderately bad all day long (laughs) instead of occasionally um you know one thing to bring up on this note uh in this in this vein of conversation that i encourage everybody to go just do a google on this is something i i uh, i have all clients read it's called the extraordinary science of addictive uh junk food and it's just a New York Times excerpt. It'll probably take you eight minutes to read, but it'll really highlight why it is that you overconsume those sugary foods, or crackers, or basically most processed foods. And there's nothing inherently, you know, bad about these. Foods. It's just understanding that the reason you ate the entire bag of Doritos, it's not necessarily a lack of willpower. There's actually some physiology that's being tugged on. Once you have that understanding, it's much easier to maybe indulge and then get right back to your habits. Whereas maybe Rick of who is you know when he was eighty pounds heavier maybe he would be the guy that would eat the bag of doritos and then afterwards feel you know mentally like shit from that and then a cascade of events would have happened so that's a very eye-opening article that I that's suggest intriguing. yeah so everyone who's listening or, or watching look in the show
1: notes because we'll have that link in there for you too and it's a I'm, I'm gonna go out and read it myself and I, I'm really intrigued on that on the psychology of those things because you're right you know because n- now Well, back then, what I would do is now that I look at the amount of calories is one of the biggest things that hindered me Is I would have sweets all the time. I I would also eat like crap, but my sweets were like Mm -hmm. three Costco size chocolate chip cookies and a full glass of milk right before I went to bed every (laughs) night. What are you, Santa Claus? Yes.
0: (laughs) Christmas every day. (laughs) Every
1: night. And then I look at it, it's like. Love it. Because now, since I've done the work, since I also work out, in order to even just maintain the weight that I'm at is like 3,000 calories a day, right? Mm-hmm. Back then I was eating 3,000 calories a day, <laughs> you know, and it was a, it's mind blowing because it's like I'm eating the same amount of fuel now, but yet I don't mm-hmm. blow up because it's a shift in what I'm actually eating, what I'm actually consuming and putting in my mouth
0: well, total, so total calorie loads still going to dictate that. So at yeah. the end of the day, you know, whether it's sweet potatoes or um, obviously a sweet potato is going to be more nutritious, nutrient dense, and that there's going to be vitamins and minerals compared to say, a am um, trying to come up with some empty piece of starch, Uh some, empty pieces, some like some, some <laughs> uh, like cereal,
1: an insult, you empty piece of right. starch,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Some like <laughs> sugary cereal. Right. But at the end of the day, like those two to 300 calories from a weight standpoint will be about the same. But what has happened when you, did lose that weight, there's some metabolic changes that happened that actually required you to have less calories in that Um, acute phase. But then as you come back out of it, your your metabolism will actually adjust. And a big piece of that is what's called NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And you'll actually just start to move and twitch and even blink faster. And we get a big calorie boost there that comes with that, as well as obviously when you start to work out to where now when you have a 3,000 calorie window to maintain your weight, it's like, yeah, you can get away with some milk and cookies Every once in a while. Yeah. Now, yeah. if if today you said, you know what, I'm going to have six milk, six cookies and milk every night. Well, in a month, Dude, I'll call be right you, and her. yeah, exactly. And you're yeah. going to be four or yeah. five pounds heavier. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't go back so, to that. We, we, there was a, a comedian friend of mine who I work with. He's a, a Las Vegas headliner. We were developing a talk for myself because in the IT industry, there's a lot of overweight people in the, in the IT unit, sure. which is where I'm from you know because it's a lot of keyboard warriors sitting in front of the stuff even with when I was a, with Geek Squad which is how I started my career dude I was in a car all day long you know in between yep. stops and service calls and picking up McDonalds or you know anything else that I could just find or gas station taquitos no joke you know that was like one of my favorite <laughs> thickest things to stop and eat for lunch it was like 3 for 3 bucks or something and a huge freaking sure. half gallon of Mountain Dew you know the sound decisions right <laughs> <laughs> that time yeah, of my yeah, life. Yeah. But I look back and as we we're writing this talk, you know, it's like, we even dubbed this person fat Ricky, you know, it, it just, <laughs> just, it just is part of the talk. But then there's some like connotation around that word too, uh, that I've noticed. And I'm curious on the psychology on this, the difference between entrepreneurs and maybe even the difference between males and females, because I have no issue. You know, at that point, I looked at myself in a different way when I was heavier, (laughs) but I never looked at myself as being fat, you know, and it actually took somebody to call me that, which was like the turning point of my life. He actually called me chubby in a movie theater. And I look in the mirror, I'm like, I was right. You know, it was like yeah. nobody along the road was, would told me, hey, dude, you got some extra pounds. It was always, oh, you carry it well, you know, and all this other stuff after the fact, after I dropped the weight. But most people around me are like, we didn't see you that way, which is mind boggling to me now that I dropped it. And this isn't being offensive. It's just, you look around and it's like, there's a lot of large people. Right. It's very yeah. easy to notice. And it's like, when I was in my shoes, why didn't somebody come up to me? Why did it take some random dude, in a movie theater who is drunk off his ass to say what's up chubby that's literally what happened <laughs> <Luke."> <laughs> you know to, to where it's like hey you know you, you're carrying it extra right you've got some extra weight is everything okay in your life how can i support you with some healthy choices you know from a position mm-hmm. of support not offensively or whatever but then it's like that word we're so afraid of the f-word of the f-word uh, F sure. when it applies you know, versus being realistic with yourself. How do you overcome that with your clients,
0: man, and giving them a healthy dose of reality? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I feel most, at, most of the people who have reached out to me at that point have had that, that, that revelation. Um, but that's an interesting conversation because, you know, it's funny. I'll have. Uh, constantly through social media, you know, I'll have, uh, marketers reach out to me about whether it's, you know, e- to help me with email campaigns or whatever it is. Right. And I thought it's interesting because I do a lot of content marketing. And again, hopefully somebody can just take a piece of that content, run, change their life. That'd be fantastic. That would, that would, you know, warm my soul. But what, you know, what would be odd to me to do is, you know, I, I don't drop a DM Hey Rick, see you're a little overweight. How's things going on your, health, on your health on your health end? Yet somebody would have no problem, you know, sending a message about your business like how's your how's your marketing going or something. And so there, there is um, I think the biggest thing is stepping back and recognizing it's, it doesn't have to be a, a judgment or uh, of your entire self. It's just one area, right? And, and again, a lot of the guys I work with very successful entrepreneurs, business owners, like clearly you have skills, you have abilities. It just, you haven't applied it to this area of your life yet. So I think you got to step back and separate yourself. That's like, you're dealing with this, but it is not just this, you know, um, it it doesn't encompass all of you, right? Like you are not just your weight, you are many things. It is just a reflection of the vehicle that is taking you through life and making a decision that you want to optimize it. And with that, that means oftentimes losing the excess weight. Sure. I'm sure that's interesting because you're saying that
1: when your clients come to you, they've they've already reached that decision point for the most part, right? Yeah. As part of your intake process, because even with my fitness coach, performance coach that I brought on, he would ask the questions like, What got you here? You know, to even reach to me. Do you ask the similar question?
0: Yeah, and so you know, I have a uh, actually I have a little worksheet I have um, guys do once they're once they're working with me. It's called the Big Why, and it really is to come down and find like what's the what's like the core motivation that why you want to do this because the reality is. Um, as a coach, I'm helping you grow as a person. I'm bringing you tangible skills and things that I know and that I can help you do. But the reality is this is helping you kind of transcend into that next version of yourself because we're talking habits, right? And so the big why exercise is to really help you hammer down, like what's the core motivation. Um, It could often be, it could be the kids. It could be oftentimes business. That's a huge one for again a lot of the people that I work with is recognizing like I saw myself on stage. I want to speak from stage more. I'm not representing my brand well. And it's like, okay, you're not. And that's important to you. Um, I don't care personally what the, the reason is as long as it speaks to you. Um, yeah. But as a great example, uh, this is a recent one. Um, this was kind of a fun one because it was somebody I had spoke to in person. Um, we had, I was at a, a little entrepreneurial meetup recently and this guy comes up to me and he goes, I spoke to you like two years ago. And you asked me a question about something about, oh, are you gonna play with your daughter? Or are you gonna be the dad on the sideline watching? And he goes, and my back went out the other day when I tried to bend over to play soccer with her. And I couldn't play oh, soccer. Yeah. That was the turning point for him. So again, there has to be a value to it, right? We all know like, oh, I should eat better. Well, it doesn't mean anything. Or I, like, oh, you know, the doctor told me I should lose 20 pounds great. That means nothing. What's the value? Like, where's it going to actually impact your life? Is you losing 20 pounds going to make you more money? It might. Is it going to make you a better leader for your team? The visual representation of your brand, a better parent, you can have better sex. Like what's actually going to be the motivation that's going to help you step into this. And then as you know, once you get into this, it's kind of self-fulfilling because you feel good from it. Yeah, dude. So why not continue the process? So it's getting
1: people over that hump. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. When they um uh, when they make that decision, and because I've always tried to examine this and I've never this is something that I never went through. In my story that I told you, it's like it just took somebody to say, hey, you look this yeah. way. Somebody that I didn't know. You know, because it was never this like struggle process of looking at myself and thinking, oh, I should do something about this, but maybe I will at some point, or going through all these different diets. I, I never did that, dude. It was just a decision point of saying that, well, I'm obviously causing some stranger to think that I'm fat. So if he is thinking this, there's probably other people that think this too when they see me. (laughs) That means there's some validity to it. And that's what I looked in the mirror. It's like, okay, I'm going to do something about it then because I want to. And then Mm -hmm. it was that type of decision point. And it wasn't the motivation and everything that I had was just that it's like all the reasons for it, for me sort of came after the fact after I made the decision that I started realizing exactly what I could become after yeah. I had finally made that decision to make the change, you know, Dude, I, that. I was completely clouded beforehand, but I just, it was the recognition that there was a problem and then the yeah. willingness to make the change without even knowing all the good things that it would do for me in that change. And I'm sure this can apply to many things, not just weight loss or anything or being fit, but it was just the identifying that there was a problem, you know, like reality, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm overweight or yes, yeah. I'm in a bad relationship or yes, I need to shift jobs, whatever. And then making that decision point and saying, changing it, but just understanding that what I, or where I am right now is not where I want to be. Yep. I don't even know what that's going to look like yet or all the possibilities. I just know where I am right now requires me to make a change to not be here anymore. That
0: was my motivation. I love that. I love that, and you said something very key, which is you don't even know the possibilities that it's going to lead to. And if you were to reflect back now, um, I'm sure those are expanded well beyond what you would have imagined. And this is this is this is the case of of everyone. And I always joke and say there's a reason everybody you know who starts exercising or eats starts eating healthy, like they become the most annoying people you know. They're posting their check-ins for their workouts, they're posting their recipes, and the reason is again because they feel so good. And you're like, dude. Shut up! We get it. You're working out, but it's because the, um, the 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 response to it is so impactful. I mean, there's yeah. I think very few things that you can do that will have such a wide ranging impact on your life, and it shouldn't be a surprise because again, we are the vehicle. Our body is the vehicle that is taking us through this journey of life. So whether you want to go to Europe, it's like well you could walk 20 miles in a day and see some really cool stuff or you can be the person that walked to and got tired, Yeah, right? Like, ev- like everything's going to get better. Again, the, the, the stuff that's interesting to me is the psychological side, the, the relationship sides, again, business type stuff where I, I can't correlate what that is other than, hey, when you operate um, from a healthy state, like everything's just going to work better. You sleep better, you're cognitively more there. So um, getting people to buy into that, that future, again, it's like, we're going to go through this grit and this hard part but there is going to be this light on the, on the end of, uh, at the end of the tunnel. And again, it's very transformative. Um, you know, you said something earlier, you mentioned that you having somebody call you fat and you, uh, uh, fat Ricky, is that what you said? Yeah. Well, that's now, yeah, that was my, my buddy said, as we
1: wrote a talk to include it. Yeah. It's like, okay, gotcha. It's like fat Ricky's still in there somewhere. He still likes cookies.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so oftentimes, honestly, what people need to do and like, now it's like you probably don't identify as that, and actually like start to create a new identity. And there's there's some 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 ways of doing this, but you know, thinking of yourself as the is it going to be the fitpreneur version? Are you the fit dad? Um, and actually crafting out an identity that's going to support all of these habits. Um, and this is just comes down to like how we're thinking about ourselves. And um, it's amazing to watch somebody transcend that from you know maybe having a limited identity because they've always seen themselves as overweight, as to somebody who it's like no, I'm an athlete. And it's like, yeah. And now athletes do things differently.
1: Yeah, they sure do. Like we were talking, Dwayne Johnson. Unless you want to be that dude, you don't have to work to work out <laughs> the six seven days a week. No, his freaking no cheat days, though, dude are epic. <laughs> That's really the only thing that he posts most of the time on food. That or his tequila, you know, because I follow him. Yeah. You know but Well, it, or his. Have
0: you seen his cheat meal with his French toast with his tequila? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. Mix his tequila in the syrup. <laughs> it's incredible, so, dude. You know, you you mentioned, uh, and I know I kind of, it's kind of kind of slipped through the cracks here, and uh, that. So I I do work primarily with men, but I've coached many women in the the past. And um, you were asking about some of the differences. You know, here's one of the challenges most women will deal with compared to um, guys is on average, you know, women are going to be smaller. So their total calorie load Man, it's gonna be less, but it's equally easy for them to eat as much as men when we're talking calorie per calorie on some of these calorie-dense foods. Meaning a 120-pound girl could eat a pint of ice cream easily, like of Ben and Jerry's. Now, I could eat a pint of ice cream or the rock, who's six foot four, 260 pounds, works out all day. It's like, I bet he could, eat a, he could eat a pint of ice cream every day and it would fit within his calorie targets. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, so it's not even like a cheat meal at that point. Whereas a smaller woman or even a smaller guy, it's like, you got a smaller bank account calorically to work with. Yeah. But a lot of those really high calorie foods, they're not very big. So even a little person can eat them. Oh,
1: All right, on, so. dude. yeah. I mean, I, I, I've thought about that in the past too. It's like, I look at like a, a, a petite five foot three woman. I'm like, I feel for you. Because yeah, I am a six foot one dude with two hundred pounds and good muscle mass, it's like I can I can consume more and play with those things a l- little bit more than than they can because of those yep. calorie dense foods that you're talking about. You know, so I see. I used to think you know when I was large when I didn't have the knowledge and the understanding. It's like why do you eat a salad every day? You know, it's like well because your calorie intake should only be
0: like fourteen hundred calories a day because you're five two. <laughs> Yeah. When you get some real, yeah. Again, the, some, some of the really petite folk. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's because of the, the manufactured food where, you know, there's certain little health bars you can go to the store and it's like, it's literally in like a square inch and it's 300 calories. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, can, like, like, again, even, <laughs> even a small petite woman who's 105 pounds, it's like, she could eat 10 of those. Like, yep and that's weight gain. Yeah. So, for sure. you know, uh, being, being bigger is actually going to be to your advantage. And this is where, you know, having some additional muscle mass and, and programming for that from a, from an exercise standpoint makes yeah. sense. But yeah, that becomes <laughs> a
1: little challenging. So Also to what you're saying, it's like, read the freaking labels, you know, for like those little square inch things. You know, that's one thing I started noticing when I started educating myself too, is wow, there's a lot of crap in these. That make this mm-hmm. super calorie dense you know even things that are labeled now like plant-based or all these sure. other things you know it's it's very deceiving unless you actually understand oh, yeah. the foods that you're consuming
0: i have an example of if you take Kind bars are a, a pretty well-known um, little kind of let's call it a health bar, right? You assume it's good for you, has a lot of nuts, and yeah. you know you can look at one of those. And I think most people probably eat that to kind of curb their sweet tooth a little bit because oftentimes it has a little bit of chocolate in it. Yep. But most people are still thinking, hey, it's got whole grains, it's got nuts, this is probably good for me. And the reality is, it's like, man, that's 220 calories. Maybe just go get the actual piece of chocolate that you really want, curb your your sweet tooth. (laughs) And guess what? It's at 150 calories. You're probably better off. And you know, the argument of like, well, there's vitamins and minerals. And it's like, yeah, but you can make that up in your other foods. So some of the, some of the health foods and being out here in San Diego, um, you know, I have Whole Foods, and I have another little kind of bougie grocery store right by my house, and oh my gosh, some of the the worst stuff is these little. <laughs> it's, in Whole Foods, uh, yeah. it's it's all these little like, and, I, and don't get me wrong, yeah. they, they grab my eye. I pick up the label, and I'm like, oh, can't have that. Yeah. But because it looks so good and it's all these little health treats. <laughs> and again, sometimes it might just, you might be better off just like, again, have a, have a little piece of the real chocolate that you want, curb your sweet tooth and then move on versus you have a kind bar that was 250 calories. And you're like, I really wasn't that good. And then you yeah. have something else and, and away it goes. You just kind of runs away one,
1: from give me. Give away one of my strategies, dude, because I still have that sweet tooth from those three calories mm-hmm. and everything. It's still there. But what, one yep. way I, use, I curb that is I have two pieces of dark chocolate every single night. You know, cause yeah. it's the same rhythm. It's the same exact rhythm as those cookies, but now the 86% dark chocolate also gives me iron. It gives me healthy fats that I need. It's saturated fats because it's a big part of what I do to stay where mm-hmm. I'm at. And it, it curbs my sweet tooth that late at night. And it's also tastes good. It's something that I would really like. Mm-hmm. It's a whopping 100 calories. That's it. And it yeah. does exactly what it needs to do for me.
0: And you know, and so it's a great tool, something I use and leverage as well. And I also would, I'd, Um, and outside of trying to give myself this label, but I'm somebody who it's like, you put a, if you asked me, you know, how many, if you had a plate of chocolate chip cookies and you said, how many do you want? My question would be, how many do you have? Right? Like I'm an endless pit (laughs) for that type of um, sweet food as well. Um, So I also would leverage dark chocolate and that's a very good tool to understand that um, sugar is it's not addictive in the sense of how yeah. people use that label on it, but it's challenging for me in the sense of, I know if I go below 86%, I don't stop at one piece. Yeah. <laughs> if you if I bring a 75% bar in, I could just hammer through the entire bar. So it is finding those. And these are the kind of the personal tools of, Hey, if I get an 86% dark chocolate bar, I can have one cube satisfies as my sweet tooth, but I don't tend to over consume on yeah. it. Hey, keep, keep that in the house. And so, versus what I call fail point foods. Fail point foods are the foods that when you have one, you're going to have it all. You got to get that out and got to control the environment for that stuff.
1: (laughs) I've seen some people fall victim to those fail point foods, man. I don't know. Myself as well. Yeah. I'm trying to think it's like, what's my fail point food now? It could be beef.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but when you're full on when, so a fail point food to me is this, like I I love steak, I eat it. But when you're full on steak, how much additional steak do you really eat? Yeah, true. Probably not much. When you're full on, say, and again, this comes back to that article I spoke about on uh, chips. Like, is there is there a such thing? Or like, Being you can be chips. No, right? I don't think like, so. No. <laughs> yeah, or like, you could have had that. I, I always use this as an. Ex- this is kind of a little example, and people can evaluate this in their own in their own life, um, and and how you should think about what foods you need to really control the environment because I'm big on this. But if you had a plate of your favorite healthy meal, um, so for me, that could be like, say like a really good steak, asparagus. And then let's say there's French fries and it's the best asparagus and it's the best steak that you've ever had. And at the end of that meal, if we're all full, cause it was huge and we're waiting for the bill, what do we all continue to nibble on? The French fries, mm. there's nobody that ends up, I'm talking when you're already full, you're full, you're physically like, oh man, I'm busting. I may have just You'll, done that last night. Right? So there's always gonna be these foods. And again, it's not, doesn't mean you can't have them, but what it ought to mean is, ooh, you just identified a food. I eat it, I overconsume it when already full. These tend to be processed. Those are the foods I'm gonna get out of my house. Doesn't mean I can't have them. And there's a very hard rule I have, I have clients follow. It's we use moderation to practice we use moderation as a buying strategy not an eating strategy Ooh, i love that want chips great go get a fun size bag don't buy the family value and tell you that you tell yourself this will last me two weeks and it lasts you two days you want ice cream fantastic go get a single serving size or go to like your local ice ice cream place but don't bring home a gallon of briars telling yourself well i'll only eat it every once in a while because you'll Eat it more often than you said you would, and you'll eat more of it when you do.
1: Wow, dude, that's probably one of the best tips I've ever heard for maintaining or losing weight is buy in moderation rather than eat in moderation. That's incredible. That's, I'm saving that one here too, dude. Thank you. Yeah. So, my man, where can everybody find you? Because you're you're packed full of knowledge, and I don't even think we started to even scratch the surface today.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, easiest way to connect to me is livegreatlifestyle dot com. Um, I do have a free guide that will actually consolidate more of this. Um, nice, and and give people kind of really more of the nuts and bolts. Um, so that that should be on there as well. Um, I'm pulling up your podcast right now too,
1: because it, it's a live great lifestyle, right? Yep that's amazing and so I, everywhere i've
0: had yep yeah, i've had breathwork guys on there um yeah, just some, some good stuff there hasn't been anything out in a while eventually the next season will will eventually roll back out but there's 80 80 i think 80 plus interviews on there for Sweet. people to check out um and then live great lifestyle on on, on all social um but yeah live that's the best place live to, to life kind of get started com. Luke
1: DePron yep. my man thank you for bantering with me today it's been a good yeah it was a fun good man for me dude
0: <laughs> well and again congratulations to you for um, having done the work it's fun to actually talk to a guest who has gone through the process um, sees the value of uh, doing this type of work so it's cool cool thanks brother